Anybody standing on him this morning? I mean, are you really standing on him? Solid rock. Rock of our salvation. Solid rock. Stone that the builders rejected. Solid rock. He is solid in changing times. And when things and people and systems and institutions change, you need something solid you can hold on to. On Christ, the, he's the same yesterday. Today and forever, I can stand on it. I can trust in it. I can rely on it. He ain't going nowhere. He said he'd never leave me nor forsake me. He's a solid rock and I'm standing on him. I want to invite your attention to the book of Matthew, Matthew's gospel. Matthew chapter number 14. God bless your voices. Thank you for ministering to us so mightily this morning. Matthew chapter 14. I want to begin reading with the 22nd verse. Matthew 14 beginning with verse number 22. There you will find these words recorded in straightway. Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. When he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. When the evening was come, he was there alone. The ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. In the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking 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 on the sea when the disciples saw him walking on the sea they were troubled saying it is a spirit and they cried out for fear straightway Jesus spake unto them saying be of good cheer it is I be not afraid Peter answered him and said Lord if it be thou bid me come unto thee on the water he said come and when Peter was come down out of the ship he walked on the water to go to Jesus and when he saw the wind boisterous he was afraid and beginning to sink he cried saying Lord save me and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and called him and said unto him O thou of little faith wherefore didst thou doubt you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to talk this, our third sermon in the series, Red Letter Reboot. I want to talk about faith to take risks. Faith to take risks. As followers of Christ, we should anticipate that on this journey, Jesus will ask all of us, to take some risks. Following Christ itself is a risk. 
And it is a risk that the Lord is upfront about to all those who chose to follow him. He, he does not shy away from or attempt to hide the fact that us following him is a choice that involves some risk. In fact, in the 10th chapter of Matthew's gospel, Jesus quite explicitly identifies the risks associated with following him. He says to his disciples, he says, you remember, he says, I send you out as sheep among wolves. And if you are sheep among wolves, there are some risks. Y'all not going to talk to me this morning. There are risks involved in being a sheep among wolves. There's the risk. There's the risk Jesus outlines in that passage. There's the risk that you will be persecuted, the risk that you will suffer violence, the risk that you will be separated from family, the risk of being rejected even when all you're trying to do is preach the gospel and the good news and share Jesus Christ. There is the risk that some will reject you. There's the risk that you will be hated. There's the risk of not knowing what to say when you get before great crowds. And with all of these very likely risks, Jesus yet extends the invitation for his disciples to follow him. Which suggests to us that as followers of Christ, we will also be asked to take some risks with him. Some of you are thinking already, you say, Reverend, you asked me to forgive last week. That was a risk. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I know. I know it was a risk. Amen. Because you don't know how that person was going to respond. You don't know if they were ready to receive forgiveness. You don't know if they were going to be receptive of you. That's a risk. And, and all of following Christ is risky business. Faith does not allow us to play it safe with the Lord. Faith does not keep us in places of safety and in zones of security, but faith in Christ ultimately draws us into spaces of uncertainty and pulls us into encounters with the unlikely and pushes us into some expectations where we cannot predict the outcome. That's what faith is about. Going where you don't know what's going to happen and if your faith is going to become this strong and vibrant and growing force in your life then you must stretch it and exercise it by taking some risks what do you mean preacher I'm saying you've got to get to the place where you are allowing the Lord to show you something of himself that you otherwise would not see in your places of security if your faith is going to grow then you must Open yourself to the reality that risks are the places where the Lord both reveals more of himself and his power and removes fear and doubt from our lives. It's in and during the risk of a thing that God matures our faith to trust him in life's adventures. Let's be honest, for most of us in here, there is a premium that we place on safety, Security and stability. I'm talking, on, talking to somebody in here. You, you, you know for yourself, it is a good thing, and we look for safety, security, and stability. Amen. When we go on a job interview, one of the first things we ask is, how are the benefits? 
Amen. Because we want to know that if we get sick, there is some safety, some security, and some stability. Y'all ain't talking to me anymore. There's a premium that we place on these. Most of us, most of us, most of us, if we're honest, most of us do not have the stomach for risks. We'd rather play it safe. Feet on the ground. Safe. I know where I'm walking. I can feel it. Amen. If it go to shaking, I can run somewhere. Safe. Ain't nothing going to catch me that I don't see before it get to me. Amen. And if it get to me, I'm going to try to outrun it on ground. Amen. Playing it safe. We don't even like, some of us don't even like to try new foods. Amen. Play it safe. I ain't never had that before. I don't know if that's going to agree with me or not. I better not eat that after. Play it safe. Play it safe. Never, never tried it before. Never, not interested in it. And we're not interested in new things. Not interested in experiencing new cultures or, or having conversations with people who think differently from us or exposing ourselves to other parts of the world. Just rather stay in the walls, the four walls of our own little universe and play it safe. And there life is predictable. Predictably boring. <laughs> what I'm going to have to eat today? What you had yesterday? Why are you playing? It's going to be chicken. It's going to be a different form, but it's going to be chicken. It's going to be chicken. Why are you, why are you freaking? Why are you, it's going to be chicken. Same old thing, day after day, uninteresting, stale, stagnant. And in that cycle, in that loop where we need a reboot. But we no longer have an aversion to risk and taking risks. If we are looking, for instance, if we're looking to make an investment with money, most of us are looking for the safest kind of investments. Steady, smooth growth. The volatility of an unpredictable market keeps many of us from becoming aggressive and making more risk. Which is interesting when you think about the parable that Jesus tells in Matthew 25. You remember man gives to his servants talents. To one he gives five, to another he gives two, to another he gives one. And the one to whom he gives five, you remember what he does, he goes and he makes an additional five. The one to whom he gives two, he goes, he invests it, he makes an additional two. But the one to whom he gives one is like a lot of us. Amen. You know what he did. He, he buried it. He sat on it. And when the Lord came back, he dug it up and said, here is the one that you gave me. Nothing happened to it. Here it is. He plays it safe. He takes no risk and he makes no effort to increase what's been put in his hands. And you remember what happens when the master takes the ten that, that the one who had five had been given. He says to him, as well as the one who made an additional two, he says to both of them, watch this, well done thou good and faithful. There it is. Well done thou good and faithful servant. Of all the things that the Lord could have used to describe the servants, he uses the term faithful. He connects faith with this whole idea of taking a risk. 
The fact that you didn't sit on it. You didn't play it safe. But you decided to get out and do something with what I put in your hands. Well done, good and faithful servant. You were willing to take a risk. Take a risk. This parable then suggests that faith involves and in fact requires risk taking. You cannot have faith and just sit on it. You cannot have faith waiting on life to happen. You cannot have faith and watch life pass you by hoping that something just drops into your lap. But you actually have to get up and try and do something. Because believers, real believers, take risks with the Lord. Moses risked. He risked the stability of his family when he left his father-in-law in Midian and went back to Egypt to confront Pharaoh, believing that God had met him in the midst of a burning bush. It was a risk. Abraham risked the security of his home when he left his father's house to go to an unknown land, believing that the Lord would identify it when he got there. It was a risk. Esther risked her own longevity when she went before the king saying, if I perish, I perish. It was a risk. The woman of Zarephath risked her limited resources when the prophet showed up and asked her to make him something to eat when she didn't have enough for herself and her son. It was a risk. The three Hebrew boys risked the social capital that they had gained in a foreign land when they refused to bow before Nebuchadnezzar and rather believe that God would save them. It was a risk. It was a risk those four lepers took when they decided to get up and, and go marching into the Syrian camp, not knowing what God would do by amplifying the footsteps of four feeble lepers to make it sound like an army of men. It was a risk. It was a risk of being embarrassed that those disciples took when they went to get a donkey from a man that they didn't know. And Jesus said, go and tell him, get the donkey, and if he asks you anything, just tell him the Lord needs it. That's a risk. That's a risk. I don't even know this guy. I'm going to get his donkey. And if he questions me, just say, It's a risk. It was a risk of failure that the disciples took when Jesus told them to sit the people down in groups of 50 and 100 in order to feed them when the disciples knew that all they had were a few fish and a few loaves. It was a risk. It was a risk. The risk of fortune that, that the Lord asked the young ruler, the rich young ruler who wanted to know how to inherit the kingdom of God. It was a risk that he asked him to take by selling all that he had and coming to follow him. And Jesus asks us, as he asked all and God had all who believed in him to take risks with him. And he invites us, as he invites Peter in this text, to take a risk with him. Now, preaching this kind of sermon, Stanley, is a risk. Oh, this, this is a risk right here. This is risky business. I'm taking a risk right now, believing that somehow, as I preach to you about taking risks, 
that somehow God is going to so guide my tongue and so fix your ears that what I say to you today is received in such a way that you don't leave here and do something foolish and call it faith. Oh, it's a risk. It's a risk I'm taking because I can see you now. Reverend, you told me, no, nah, I didn't tell you to do that. <laughs> no, I didn't. That's a lie. I didn't tell you to go and quit your job tomorrow. No, I didn't. No, I did not. It's on tape. It's on live stream. You can go back and look at it. I did not tell you that. But no, really, someone could leave here this, this morning thinking that because they did something bold means that they did something by faith. And the two are not necessarily the same. You can boldly do something foolish and call it faith. So let me help you, let me help you, let me help you. Faithfulness, faithfulness is always flavored with wisdom and maturity and perseverance. Faithfulness includes, watch this, spiritual counsel. It includes prayer. It includes preparation and complete surrender. Faithfulness. Faithfulness is not just you acting boldly, but faithfulness is you, watch this, hearing from God. Now, foolishness looks like faithfulness wrapped up in fleshly desires. Let me tell you what foolishness does. Foolishness says, foolishness does this. Foolishness says, I'm not sure uh, that this is what I need, but I know this is what I want. So, so, so because I want it to happen, I'm going to leap out here, and I'm going to step out here, and I'm going to make a leap of faith, even though I know Jesus ain't with me. I'm going to leap out here, and I'm going to take a leap of faith, and I'm going to call it faith because it makes people think that I heard from the Lord. And, and, and if they think I heard from the Lord, then, then when I get in trouble, if the Lord don't come help me, maybe they will because they'll feel sorry for me. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. Tell your neighbor, that's foolish. That's foolish. Yes, it is. That's foolish. You cannot do foolish things and call them faith trying to fool God. You cannot do foolish things, call them faith, trying to manipulate God. Faithfulness, faithfulness is what I liken to jumping out of a plane with a parachute. There's a risk involved, but at least you got a parachute. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. There's a risk involved, but at least you got a plan, and, and hopefully you've taken some preparation. You may have taken a course on skydiving, and maybe, maybe you got a skilled skydiver who's diving with you, and you got some example in front of you of what you ought to do and how you ought to do it. And if you get in trouble, there's a guide who can help pull you out. That's faithful risk-taking. Foolishness is jumping out of a plane without a parachute saying the Lord will provide. Oh, he's going to provide, all right. Going to provide you a casket. When the Lord invites you to take a risk with him, listen, he is not asking you to check your mind at the door. He is not even asking you to take a blind leap, but he is asking you to walk with him by faith and to believe beyond what you can understand, to surrender beyond what you can handle in your own strength, and to trust beyond that which you are comfortable. 
It is an invitation to walk by faith with Jesus, putting Peter into a context where he would have to rely completely on Christ, surrendering his own strength to rely on that of the Lord's and to trust outside of his comfort zone. And that's what great risk takers do. Listen to what Peter says to him. He says, Lord, if it's you, let me come out to you. It's an interesting request that Peter makes because think of everything he could have requested. Lord, if it's you, stop this storm. I mean, it looked like that would have been an easier. It wouldn't involve me getting out of the boat. Lord, if it's you, anchor this boat and keep us from being tossed about so much. But Peter says, no, Lord, if it's you, let me come out there and join you on the water. Ultimately, what should motivate any of what we do in faith is that it brings us closer to where the Lord is. Whatever risk we are willing to take should be those that position us in his purpose for our lives and draw us closer to his presence. Lord, if this is what you want me to do, then bid me come. If this is where you want me to go, then invite me there. If this is the step you want me to take, then draw me there by your providence and your provision. Let these steps that I take, though risks, be in full faith that where I'm going, you are beckoning me to join you there. Because ultimately where you are is where I want to be. I want to give you several quick characteristics of faithful risk-taking. I'm going to be through. In other words, how do you know? How do you know that the risk you're taking is a risk of faith that pulls you into God's purpose for your life? Here it is, number one. Faithful risk-taking, number one, has at the center of it the cause of Christ and the advancement of his kingdom. Faithful risk-taking has at the center of it the cause of Christ and the advancement of his kingdom. Listen, believers are not asked to take unrelated risks. God does not request believers to take risks that are not associated or related to the gospel being shared or to the kingdom being built or to the body of Christ being edified or to your faith being developed. Whatever he asks you to take a risk in, it's going to have something to do with one of those four things. Either the gospel is going to be shared, the kingdom is going to be built, the body is going to be edified, or your faith is going to be developed. It's somewhere in those four that he invites you to take a risk with him. If it's outside of that, that ain't God. That's you. Wanting to do something. Amen. And scared to do it in your own so you say the Lord told me. Amen lights. What the Lord invites believers to participate in are those things that ultimately bring, bring glory to his name and credibility to his kingdom. God is not interested in nor is he inviting you to take risks that will discredit your witness or weaken your testimony. He's not going to ask you, watch this, he's not going to ask you to take a risk that you're going to fail at. That does nothing for the kingdom. That does nothing for your witness. 
that does nothing for your testimony. The risk he asks you to take are those where he already knows the outcome of and he knows that when you get there, it's going to be for your good and for somebody else's. Are you hearing me? So Peter is invited to take this risk with Jesus because Jesus knows that when he walks on water, it'll be an experience he'll never forget because Peter is going to one day have to stand before thousands of people and preach the good news of Jesus Christ. And in order for him to do that flat-footed and know what he's talking about, he's going to have to know for himself that what the Lord says do, he'll give you strength to do it. So he says, Peter, I'm going to let you do this because I need you to be a witness for everybody else. That if I said it, you can do it. Number two, number two, faithful risk-taking. Faithful risk-taking assumes that all open doors are not opened by God. Mm. All open doors are not opened by God. Watch this. Every opportunity in front of you don't mean God put it there. Amen, light. And you need to understand that just because something opens up does not mean God is telling you to walk in. All open doors are not opened by the Lord. Don't you know Satan will open some doors? Satan will put some opportunity in front of you. He did it with Jesus. He said, Lord, uh, if you just fall down and worship me, all of these kingdoms, I'll give them to you. That was an opportunity that he put before Jesus Christ. And if he'll put opportunities before Jesus, certainly he'll put one in front of you. All open doors are not opened by God. And if you're going to be, if you're going to take risks in faith, you must take the time to discern what the Lord is opening up in your life. Satan will open some doors. There are some well-intentioned people who will open some doors. They don't mean you any harm. They want to see you do well. But it's not what God wants for you. You must discern what is God doing and what is God opening up in my life and where does God want me to take this step of faith. 1 Corinthians 16 and 9, Paul writes, because a wide door of, for effective service has opened up to me, a very promising opportunity, and there are many adversaries. Paul looks at this door and he recognizes it as a great opportunity for kingdom service, but he also is aware that adversaries accompany this open door. And I need to tell you this, just because God opens it up doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Listen, God opens doors and some of the doors are going to have adversaries on the other side. Don't assume that because it's got some issues and some adversaries means that it didn't come from the Lord. You must be discerning about the door that you're saying came from God. And ask him, Lord, is this the door you want me to go through? Is this the door you intend for me to enter? Is this the door that you've designed for my destiny? Number three, number three, I'm going fast. Faithful risk-taking ignores critics but includes spiritual counsel. Faithful risk-taking ignores critics, but includes spiritual counsel. Listen, when you are looking to do something big, I want to do something big for the Lord. Amen. Bless your heart. When you want to do something big, there's going to always be those who are going to try to talk you out of it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, there are those people who, 
Amen. If you share anything with them, it's, it's almost like their mission in life is to show you why it won't work. Y'all know any people like that? I mean, I mean it, it, it's, it, it's just that it, you share it and the first thing they do is tell you, I don't know if, have you really thought about that? I don't know if that's what, amen. Amen, amen. And, and they'll talk you out. And sometimes that, that, that's just people who themselves have an aversion to taking risks. And they don't want to see you do anything risky. Well, sometimes the devil will send his own demon who is actually so critical of the opportunity that it no longer looks like anything you want to do. But faithful risk takers know how to silence the critics and receive solid counsel. The writer of Proverbs, Proverbs 11 and 14 says, where there is no guidance, the people fall, but in abundance of counselors, there is victory. Stay in Proverbs. Proverbs 12 and 15 says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. Amen. If you're going to take risks for the Lord, you must know how to ignore critics, but receive spiritual counsel. In other words, you've got to learn how to listen to folk. Because believe it or not, you don't know. Hmm. You might be sitting next to somebody who think they do, so tell them you don't know everything. You don't know everything. Yeah, I, yeah, I think you were. You were sitting next to somebody. Yeah, tell them again. You don't know everything. You don't know everything. Amen. You see how funny they looked at you? Tell them again. You don't know everything. See, they didn't even receive it then. They didn't receive it then. How dare you? Amen. <laughs> you don't know everything. Last, last, I'm through. Last thing, last thing. Faithful risk-taking believes that God's invisible promises for tomorrow are more reliable than the visible pleasures of today. Faithful risk-takers believe that God's invisible promises for tomorrow are more reliable than the visible pleasures of today. In other words, faithful risk-takers are not so caught up and controlled by the comfort that they're in today. But they're willing to trust God for what they can't see tomorrow. And what drives their decisions are not right now security but future promise, standing on the promises, right? What drives the decision is not, is not where I am now and, and not if what I'm going to do in the future will keep me in the place and in the position and in the status that I am now, but simply what drives my decision are the fact that God's promises are yea and amen. And if he promised me that, that's more reliable than the security that I have right now. What God says about my tomorrow, what God promised for me for my tomorrow is more secure than what I'm resting in right now. 
And if you're a risk taker, you got to learn how to step out into your tomorrow that God has promised rather than resting in your today because I got news for you. You can stay on the vine too long and you'll find yourself rotting on the vine. Don't you know good fruit, it'll, it'll ripen, but if you don't pick it in time, it'll spoil, it'll rotten, and you'll stay somewhere too long because it was secure, but you didn't realize that God was getting ready to move you. You got to rely on the future promises of God rather than resting in your right now security. And what that means is, watch this, what that means is you got to have what I call a pioneering faith. Two types of people in the world, settlers and pioneers. Now, I'm not talking against either one. I'm just telling you the difference. A pioneer goes in to stuff that has not been cleared. And he or she blazes a trail, goes into thick woods and cut stuff down and, and makes it so that folk who are coming after him or her have a way to walk. And when a pioneer gets to a new place and a new land, first thing he or she looks at and sees is what are the resources there? Are there things there that can make this a place worth settling? Is there a food supply here? Is, is there water here? Is, is there somewhere to build shelter? Yeah, this looks like a place where a home can be built. You know what? I'll clear the land. I'll build the infrastructure. I'll make it so that if somebody wants to come in and live here, they can settle here. That's a pioneer. A settler comes in after all the clearing has been done. A settler comes in after the, the path has been blazed. A settler comes in after the infrastructure has been built and sets up his property. Now you got to decide, are you a settler or a pioneer? Because here's what I know for sure, that God loves using folk who have a pioneering faith. Who will go places where people have never been who will do things that people have never done, believing that if God goes with me, that he and I together are majority. And if the world be against me, but if God be for me, who shall be against me? If the Lord is on my side, he and I together can do anything that he wants me to do. Is there anybody in this house that's determined I've got a pioneering faith and I'm, I'm going to take some risks with the Lord. Where the Lord tells me to go, I'll walk with him. And, and I know that wherever I walk, he'll secure my footsteps. I know that as I go, I'm not going by myself, but God is on my side. Willing to take some risks with God. Not, watch this, not knowing the outcome. But knowing that God made you a promise. Watch this, Carol. And his promise is enough. His promise is enough. Sometimes you got to walk and that's all you got. Just his promise. Somebody say, why are you doing that? Because the Lord promised it. Why are you going there? Because the Lord promised me. Why are you building that? Because the Lord made me a promise. And, and I know you don't understand it, but, but I went down on my knees and God talked to me. And he told me if I did that, that he would never leave me nor forsake me. And I'm just going to stand on his promise.
for what he said declaring and concerning my life. Take a risk. Here's the deal. Because, here's the deal, I'm through, here it is. What's a risk for you ain't no big thing for God. If you get that in your spirit right there, what's a risk for you? It ain't no big thing for the Lord. And you can feel like, Lord, you're calling me to do so much, and, and this is going to mean that I got to do this and this. And, and the Lord said, yeah, I know, but, 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 but don't you know who I am? I, I am what I am. I will be what I will be because God is the joy and the strength of my life. He, he, what is he? He's my provider. He's my protector. What is he? He, he, he's my healer. He's my physician. When, when I get in trouble, he heals me. Watch it. Peter, Peter is walking on the water and, and he keeps his eyes on the Lord. But, but watch this. As he walks, the wind keeps blowing. As he walks, the waves keep growing. And, and he suddenly takes his eyes off of the Lord and looks at everything around him. And he begins to sink. That's why the writer of Hebrews says, look unto him who is the author and the finisher of your faith. Don't take your eyes off of God. When you're stepping out into risky things, don't take your eyes off the Lord. He, he says, Lord, I'm sinking. Save me. Beautiful thing here. Beautiful thing here. Jesus, the text says, reached out his hand and put, picked him up out of the water. Now, you got to see this in your mind. Jesus is on the water. Peter is in the water. But Jesus reaches down and pulls him to on top of the water. Now, now, if you've ever been in water, one of the first rules is that if somebody's drowning, you try your best to give them a life preserver because one of the risks in saving a drowning person is that in their excitement they'll pull you under too but watch this Jesus extends his hand and pulls him up watch this without Jesus going down Which means that even on water, Jesus was still on solid ground. I mean, he's standing on water, pulls a man up, and it, pulling him up doesn't make him go down. He is a solid rock. That's why on Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Let us pray. Eternal God, our Father, how grateful, how thankful we are that you are the God who invites us to do the incredible, who extends 
the invitation for us to do the impossible and who desires for us to join you on life's waters to do that which has not been done to experience what others dream so Lord give us that kind of faith faith to believe that if you say come that we can get there faith to believe that if you open the door no man can shut it faith to believe that that you have already declared a purpose and a plan for our lives and and God that all we have to do is seek your face and seek good counsel and know where you are because that's where we want to be God now I pray for someone who is wrestling with a decision that they have to make wondering about which door to go through which door to enter and what opportunity is before them and and what's of you and what's not of you God I pray now that you grant grant good wisdom give a discerning spirit oh God and then, Lord, I pray that you place around them not critics, but counselors. Those who will help them to open their eyes to the truth of your reality and, and to the purpose that you have for them. God, we want to be risk takers, faithful risk takers, knowing that when we take risks for you, that it will be for the cause of Christ and for the advancement of your kingdom. Granted, God. Now I pray for someone who's here and who, who needs to take a risk this morning. It is the risk of perhaps being embarrassed. The risk of wondering what someone is going to think. The risk of going and, and being the only one up there. I want to invite you this morning to take a risk with the Lord. Because here's the good news. If you accept this invitation, you won't be by yourself. I guarantee you that if you accept this invitation to come to Jesus, he will meet you here. Not only will he meet you here, but he will guide your footsteps to this place where you're ready to give your heart to him. Give your life to him. Take the risk because God already knows the outcome. If you're here this morning and you're ready to give your life to Christ, we invite you to take this risk. Take these few steps of faith. Walk by faith, not by sight. Don't worry about what somebody's going to think. Just meet us here because I promise you Jesus will meet you here too. If you're here this morning, the invitation is extended to you.